Eight and a half months ago, on the 7th of February, we began our journey through the book of Acts. And today that journey comes to an end. Now, I'm going to be really honest with you guys. And so I've, I've actually found preaching in the book of Acts really tough. Um, I've just found it one of the toughest books to preach from. Um, it, it's a mixture of church history and theology, and I've found it very interesting. Um, but I reckon what made it tough was its length. And, and a lot of the, there's a big segments of just telling the story of what happened. And, and sometimes it was just repeated over and over and over again. And, but because of its length, I found I was trying to pack so much of it into a small time. Um, otherwise we'd be here for another couple of years getting through it all. And, and so some of it, we've barely scratched the surface. And you'll probably fa- get a fair bit more out of it if when you go home, you read through the book of Acts again and, and study the word yourself and, and spend a bit more time in it. But I also feel it's been very challenging. It's been challenging to us as a church. It's been very challenging to me. And, and I hope it's been challenging to you. As we see how the early church lived and and what they preached and how the Holy Spirit was alive in that church, surely, surely it challenges us to rediscover some of that passion and some of the power and the commitment of those disciples who would forsake everything because Jesus was alive. In that first week, back in February, I gave seven headings. Jesus lives, Holy Spirit, religious persecution, the great compulsion, that is the urge for disciples of Jesus to go and tell others about Jesus, witness, prayer and church. And these topics, they didn't only come out in chapter 1, they've been recurring right throughout the whole book of Acts. And even today, in the final paragraphs of Acts, we've encountered a number of these same themes again. Now, since about chapter 13, we've been following mainly the ministry of Paul. It started out with, with all of the disciples gathered in Jerusalem and then it seemed to concentrate on Peter's journey for a while. But from Acts chapter 13, it mainly follows the journey of Paul. And it's been a story of how he would take the gospel first to God's chosen people, the Jews, and how most of the Jews would ultimately reject Jesus. And so Paul would then turn to preaching to the Gentiles, the outsiders, those who were not God's people, and often he'd have a better response from them. And today... Paul's journey comes to an end. He arrives in Rome as a prisoner under guard and he stays there for at least two whole years, incarcerated in Nero's prison. And although it's not recorded in the Bible, later church history records it and tells us that here in Rome, both Peter and Paul were executed, along with thousands of other Christians as they were blamed for the fire of Rome. And the book of Acts ends with a similar theme of what's been happening right throughout Paul's ministry. He tells God's people, the Jews, a very plain and a very hard truth for them to hear. He tells them that however much they hear and however much they see, they're never going to get it. They will never understand. They will never perceive 
what God is saying to them. And this is God's judgment on them because they themselves have made their hearts impervious to the word of God. They have allowed themselves to become deaf. They have allowed themselves to become blind because they're afraid of what they might see and what they might hear, which is the disturbing reality of the gospel. Now, I've prepared a little audio-visual demonstration for you um, to demonstrate the kind of blindness and the kind of deafness that he's talking about. Okay, now I've put a fair bit of trouble into this demonstration. So, are you ready for it? La, 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 la. I can't see you, God. La, 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 I can't hear you, God. La, 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 God, why aren't you speaking to me? La, 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 la. Oh, I don't hear anything. La, 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 all those other people think they're hearing you, but la, 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 I don't even hear anything at all. La, 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 la. Do you understand that? Yeah? That's the kind of blindness and that's the kind of deafness that they had. Things don't change that much, do they? Jesus lives. He was crucified, but now he lives. And if we believe that Jesus is the Son of God, if we believe that he rose from the dead, and if we believe in Jesus and trust in him and follow him, him, follow him if we repent of our sins and, and stop living for ourselves and begin living for Christ, then we're on that road that leads to life. Now, that's the gospel message that we preach today. It's the same message that Paul preached almost 2,000 years ago. And the majority of the people who heard that message when Paul preached it responded in exactly the same as what most people do today. They never hear it in a way that they understand it. And those who see it never understand what they're seeing. Why? Because it was God's judgment because they didn't want to see. It was God's judgment because they didn't want to hear. I testify to you today that Jesus lives. This is the truth. I testify today that in the name of Jesus your sins can be forgiven. I testify to you today that Jesus is returning to judge the living and the dead. And when he returns, those who are faithful to him will share in his glory. And those who are not faithful to him will be condemned on that day when Jesus returns. And if this is true, and I I believe that it is with every fibre of my being, I believe this is true. Then what? then that means that how we live today has eternal ramifications. We can either walk that hard, narrow road that leads to life or we can travel down that wide, easy highway that leads to destruction. And there, right there, lies the motivation for deafness and blindness. Because if Jesus is alive, then that simply must impact the way I live my entire life. It must impact and change 
everything about who I am and what I do. But it's so much easier, you know, to, to go la 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 because then I can just keep living the way I am. Now, I suspect I'm preaching mainly to the converted here, am I? Are you a people who believe that Jesus lives? Oh, one of you do. Good. Are you a people who believe that Jesus lives? Yeah. How much do you believe that? 100%? Yep. With every fibre of your being? Yep. Is it going to change the whole way you live your life? Yep. (sighs) Great. Four of you are changed. Excellent. But you know what? Even though we're saved, even though we believe in Jesus, we're not immune from this self-inflicted spiritual deafness. We're not immune from self-inflicted spiritual blindness. Even though we believe in God, how much do we shut God out? How much do we stop up our ears so that we don't hear God's word? How much do we shield our eyes so that we're blinded to spiritual realities? For example, we know that our relationship with God is going to grow deeper and deeper and more vibrant if we pray, don't we? And I'm talk, when I talk about prayer, I'm not just talking about once a day thing just before I go to bed at night. I'm talking about a life of prayer where we pray to God often during the day. But what do we do? We fill up our lives with so much other stuff that we just don't seem to be able to find time to take time out and just pray to God. And we certainly don't, don't make the space so that we can stop and listen to what God might be saying to us. We know that our knowledge of God is going to grow exponentially if we study his word. We know that the Lord never fails to speak to us personally through his word. But the Bible lays unopened on the bookshelf, sometimes for days, maybe weeks. Or has it been months? Spiritual blindness, spiritual deafness. We're not looking. We're not listening. We know that when we make the effort to meet together in home groups, Bible study groups, we build one another up and encourage one another in prayer. But it's not our priority, is it? Are you hearing this? Are you seeing it? Are you understanding it? Or are you pretty good at doing a good job of shutting it out? What I'm saying is in the Christian church today, there are many of us who are very content to live in a state of spiritual deafness and a state of spiritual blindness. We're very content for our faith and for our church experience to be something which supplements our lives. We're all into these supplementary things, aren't we? It's something which will supplement our lives. And we're content with that as long as it doesn't disrupt our lives. I'm going to say something. 
I don't think the Lord's interested in supplementing our lives. He's interested in ownership. Some of the men in our church were currently studying experiencing God, knowing and doing the will of God. And in this week's study, Henry Blackaby says, I've known some people who wouldn't interrupt a fishing trip or a football game for anything. There wouldn't be anyone here like that, would there? No, of course not. In their minds, they say they want to serve God, but they eliminate from their lives anything that would interfere with their plans. They are so self-centred that they do not recognise the times when God comes to them with divine invitation. On the other hand, if you are God-centred, you will adjust your life to what God wants to do. God has a right to interrupt your life any time that he wants to. He is Lord. When you accept him as Lord, sorry, when you accepted him as Lord, you gave him the right to help himself to your life. Do you understand that? When you said, you are my Lord, what you're saying is, Lord, I am yours. You take me. You interrupt me any time you like. You step in and call me to serve you in any way that you desire. You call me to follow follow you in whatever direction you lead. Spiritual deafness and spiritual blindness is when we shut out God so that we can keep God at this arm's length, a safe distance away. Now that's not discipleship. True belief in Christ, true faith, is a faith that demands your life, your soul, your all. So what do we do about all this? Just don't shut God out. Get into the word. Pray. Seek God with your whole heart. Serve. Now I can guarantee you, when we truly seek God, he's not hard to find. If you truly want to have an encounter with God, if you truly want to understand, Lord, how do you fit into my life? Or how do I fit into your purpose? The Lord will answer that if you truly seek him. If your idea of Christianity is, is that it's something that supplements your life, it, that it's something that won't disrupt you or your plans, then you've got a strange idea of Christianity, a very self-centred idea of faith. A Christian is a disciple of Jesus, someone who is devoted to Jesus, someone who follows the Lord with all their heart. Now that's the only thing God wants. The Lord only wants one thing from you. Is that, is that a comfort? He only wants one thing. That's it, just one. What is it? Everything. Everything. He, he wants you. He wants all of you. But my, what a blessing it is to give ourselves totally and completely to God. What a blessing it is to have our eyes opened and to have so that our ears can hear the Lord.
Because the Lord is good. The Lord is king. The Lord is kind. The Lord is love. The Lord is faithful. The Lord is strength. The Lord is our hope. The Lord, is it any wonder that he becomes our desire? Did you know that? The more you get to know God, the more you will desire him. It's like um, when we came home from Tasmania, we, a few days before we came, we sort of visited a, a little fudge shop, strangely enough. And um, I don't know how these things happen, but we just ended up walking through the door of this fudge shop. And, of course, we, we had to buy some for gifts for our children, didn't we? And, and we also we, we had to sample some to make sure that we bought them good fudge. But, but Jake said last night, he said, that fudge, it was strange. It was sort of like, I had, had a bit of a bite and it was like, hmm, it's fudge. But then I had another bite and was like, hmm, hmm. And then I had a third bite and was like, hmm. But then it was all gone. But God's a bit like that. You know, the word says, taste and see that he is good. You get a little taste for God and you just want more of him. And, and, And you get more of God and you just want to deepen that relationship more. So we then start realising the more I give myself to God, the more I experience God. And the, and the more I want to give more of myself to God. And, and the more that he, we experience Him more. The Lord is our desire. And that's why Paul just kept on preaching. It says that he was proclaiming the kingdom of God and teaching about the Lord Jesus Christ with all boldness and without hindrance. We can do that too. Remember, he just said to these guys, no matter how much you hear, you're never going to understand. You're just not getting it. So you sort of expect he's just going to throw his arms up and say, right, my ministry's finished. Nobody's getting it. But no. That just meant that he would keep proclaiming the kingdom of God and teaching about the Lord Jesus Christ with all boldness and without hindrance. And we can do that too. See, it's not just about us deepening our relationship with God. We're compelled by the Holy Spirit to share our faith with those around us. You've all got friends who... You've been sharing the gospel too for years, have you? I'm hoping. Don't give up. Keep sharing the gospel. But you know what? Paul, he sort of came to the stage where he stopped talking to God's people and went to those who were recognised as not being God's people. And sometimes we sort of think, oh, so-and-so, that'll be a really likely person. They're so close to being a Christian. Yeah, they'll, they'll, they'll receive it real good. And we tell them for years, but they just never get it. And in doing so, we might be neglecting telling it to somebody else, someone who we think, oh, they're far from God. They're, they're never going to listen. Well, you share with them too and see what the Lord does with it. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I want to thank you that you open our eyes and you open our ears. But Lord, we do realise that we've shut you out in so many ways and Lord, we're sorry for that. 
Lord, I want to thank you that you are patient with us. I want to thank you, Lord, that you have given us so many opportunities to to get alongside of you and and hear you. And Lord, I just pray that you would just increase that desire in us. That as we give ourselves to you, that we would encounter you and just desire you more and more. Lord, you are indeed a good God. Amen.